Bad with Money mailbag episode. I'm Gabby Dunn. This week's Wednesday episode was about corporate pride and pinkwashing with LGBTQ historian Dr. Eric Servini and the co-hosts of the Diking Out podcast, Melody and Carolyn. I was so excited about that episode. It's a show that I've wanted to do for so long. Please go check it out. It is incredibly informative and we had a lot of fun. On today's show, we're going to cover Discord comments about our veganism episode, disability and finances, cancer charities, and a COVID housing scam. And at the end of this show, I have two asks for you. In the second half of the show, I'll read an email about trans youth in Florida and finally tell you the thrilling conclusion to my Stephen Colbert scam story. So here's a Discord comment. I don't read your Discord usernames unless you ask me to because Discord seems really private to me. This is a comment about our veganism episode. And it says, the veganism episode definitely left me thinking about how we do tend to think about animals like cows and chickens as objects and consider dogs and cats as pets. This was a great point made by environmentalist Christopher Sol Eubanks, who was a guest on our veganism episode, um, talking about the hierarchy of animals. I thought that was uh, an interesting point that this person took from the episode. It is something that really stuck with me as well. This is another comment from the Discord. It says, I listened last night and it def inspired me to cut out meat consumption a lot more, if not completely. I think I can try inching toward veganism, but abrupt shifts are hard. I also listened to the mailbag episode today and felt weird about the carnism email. As someone who is AFAB, I deaf rolled my eyes at comparing carnism to sexism, but the racism comparison made me, and then a teeth emoji. I'm white and will defer to non-white people about this though. Yes, I actually got another message follow-up from Bernadette who wrote in um, to our mailbag about feeling uncomfortable with the carnism comparison to racism and sexism. And uh, that person clarified a lot of stuff, but basically had the same opinion, which is that they disagreed with the comparison of carnism, which I guess is the view of animals as lesser than humans, uh, to transphobia, racism, sexism, misogyny, all of that would take away from the important points being made by Christopher Sol Eubanks and by Andrew Lau in our episode about veganism. So please focus on the episode and less so on the mailbag because I understand that the mailbag was meant to be controversial and the episode had a bit more nuance. At the same time, here on Bad With Money, we love to court both controversy and nuance. I agree it was a bit extreme, but I am always happy to entertain extreme viewpoints here. So this is a Discord comment also about the veganism episode. Just finished the episode. I'm glad it was acknowledged that being a vegan is more doable in some places than others, because here in the rural Midwest, your options are often limited. I've moved towards trying to primarily eat locally raised meat from small family farms. And if you're smart about it, you can do that in a way that's more affordable than grocery store meat or meat substitutes. I'm sure that wouldn't be the case in some of the places where veganism is more affordable, but when you're surrounded by farms, you have more options in that avenue. Personally, I think it's more ethical overall to purchase foods, meat and plant-based, that were grown nearby than to contribute to foods being shipped from hundreds or thousands of miles away. Also, I know when buying from small local farms that the farming process did not involve unpaid or underpaid labor. At one point, the suggestion was made on the episode to buy some beans and a banana rather than meat. 
but I feel more ethical about eating a burger that was grown and processed nearby by the people who own the farm than I do a banana that was shipped from Central America with labor conditions and chemicals that I have no real way of knowing about. I'm not in a position to grow my own food at this time, but I definitely prefer to support those who are in that position over major corporations selling meat substitutes. Great comment. Great nuance. Uh, If you want to know more about small farming, we just did an episode of my other podcast, Just Between Us, where we talked to Jake Hunt, who is a local farmer. If you want to listen to that episode, it might give you a bit more information about what this person is talking about. Okay, now I'm going to read a Discord comment about disability and finances. Beck Beck Muffin told me I can use their username. You can mention my username if you read this, Gabby. Thank you, Beck Beck Muffin. They wrote, I definitely love a new episode on disability and finances. Since the last one, I've become more disabled. I have multiple chronic conditions that are making life really hard right now. I have narcolepsy, depression, anxiety, PTSD, PMDD, and ADHD. Because of how all these function, changing one of my meds can affect all the others. I got the narcolepsy diagnosis in 2020 and the PTSD diagnosis in 2021, so there has been a lot of meds shuffling. As it is, I feel like I haven't been okay for more than a few days at a time in the last two years. I'm struggling my way through graduate school, which is taking a long time because I can only take six credit hours at a time. I can't work while I'm in school. I'm privileged that my grandparents were able to put a lot of money away for their grandchildren's educations, but that money can't last forever. I'm thankful I don't have to deal with student debt, but I'm terrified of a future in which I can't work full time. Not to mention how expensive disability is from both medical costs and the cost of buying things or paying people to do the things I can't. And disability benefits are extremely restrictive still. It's basically forced poverty. Thank you so much, Beck Beck Muffin. That really sums it up. I mean, I think we're going to do a new updated disability and money episode pretty soon in the next coming months. But yes, that basically sums up what a lot of you have written to me. Um, And it summed it up really poignantly and vulnerably and beautifully. So thank you. So this is a Discord comment about our cancer episode. You can check out that episode called Pinkwashing Cancer with Cancer for Breakfast podcast hosts Amy and Steph and also Radiant Racheli, um, who is a cancer advocate. So this comment says... Finally catching up on the podcast after being sick, and so this is an older convo, but I still wanted to share. Another thing on the whole cancer charities thing, watch out for the proportion of how much kids are used in an organization's marketing versus how much of the money actually goes to sick kids. I know a family that felt like their son was constantly trotted out for photo ops because kids are cute and sick kids garner more sympathy and donations, but the amount of help they got for how much he essentially had to work was really bad. Thank you. This is probably in relation to when we talked about St. Jude's, but there are tons of other charities who exploit children as well. So definitely, definitely do your research. um, And that is a really great thing to point out. Thank you so much. Okay, next I'm going to read an email about trans youth in Florida, a COVID housing scam, and finally tell you the thrilling conclusion to my Stephen Colbert scam story. Stay tuned. Okay, this is a fun one. Not really fun, but um, it was really detailed. And this is a comment on the Discord about a COVID housing scam. We did a great episode about scams with Lacey Mosley and Amy Ordman. Go check that out. So this is this person's scam experience. My roommate and I almost fell for a COVID housing scam last summer. We saw a Craigslist ad for a three-bed, two-bath house with a price just on this side of believable slash great deal. Red flag number one. 
emailed the owner who responded that he was in Florida due to COVID. The email had some typos, but hey, English isn't everyone's first language. Red flag number two. I drove by the property, all new construction built less than a year ago, and we sent in the application, which was just a Word doc. Thankfully, it didn't ask for sensitive info like our social security numbers. Woof, that would have been bad. That's just an aside. Okay, back to the Discord comment. Red flag number three. They quote unquote approved our application and said we could beat out other applicants by securing the property, aka sending them our security and pet deposits and first month's rent, a total of $3,200. They would mail the keys to us. Red flag number four. Emailed back saying we didn't feel comfortable getting the keys mailed and asked if they had anyone in town we could meet with. The owner, quote unquote, tried to reassure us and spun some BS about rent issues with previous tenants. Again, the house was less than a year old. We said, no thanks, you can consider one of the other, probably made up, applicants and flagged the original ad as a scam. Oh, they, no, mail the keys to us? Absolutely not. I would say the first red flags were all maybe debatable. And then the mailing the keys and sending the money first? Mm -mm, Mm-mm, mm-mm. Very glad you didn't fall for that. You can hear more about scams in our scam episode with Lacey Mosley of Scam Goddess Pod, which is a podcast you should absolutely check out, and with Amy Ordman, who tells a story about a housing scam. Okay, this is an email about trans youth, um, and I just really loved it, and I think it brings to the forefront something that we've talked about a little bit on the mailbags, but could talk about more. Hi, Gabby. I've been listening to the pod since your guest appearance in Night Vale, and it has helped me greatly with confronting my personal finances and getting past my money shame. I'm a 23-year-old Canadian listener, so not everything is super relevant to me, but the broader concepts are great starting points for my own research. Oh, thank you so much. Something I have been wondering if you could do a podcast on are the finances of running away slash queer homelessness. I currently work for my university's queer community service group, and I have frequently come across freshly 18 trans youth escaping unaccepting homes. Many of them are very new to managing their money or have parents that are still in control of their accounts. They often don't know the first things that they need to work towards or the costs involved in supporting themselves in an emergency situation. With the continued war on trans youth in states like Florida, I can see how this might be a deeply relevant episode right now. Anyways, love the pod. Keep doing the great work. Dustin, they, them. Great episode idea, actually. And if you are someone who has experienced this, please write in to GabbyIsBadWithMoney at gmail.com. I would love to talk to you. Please, please write in. I think that sharing these stories would actually be a really great episode. If you have experienced this at all, I'll include the, the voicemail number and also uh, where you can leave voice memos too. But yes, I would love to hear from anyone who has experience with this. I think sharing these stories is one way to erase shame and stigma and show that something like this is not your fault. Okay, so a few things. One, I have a show on AMP. It's a new app. Uh, it's called This Week in Gay. My show is every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. It's live. You can call in. Some of you guys have been calling in. It's super cute. The show is only live. Uh, I spin gay music. I talk about gay history. Uh, join me there. It's super fun. My promo code is done if you want to find my show. Two. A lot of you have sent in pet stories, uh, stories about spending a lot of money on your pets. Thank you so much. Keep them coming. We're going to do a whole mailbag all about pet insurance and vet bills uh, and the ways in which your furry little friends or even your fish or turtles have caused you to spend a ton of money. 
a new ask that I have for you guys. I know I'm asking a lot, but we're going to do some episodes with listener experiences. So I want to talk about medical tourism. And that's where you come in. Again, if you have experience with medical tourism, if you've traveled somewhere to get dental work, if you've traveled somewhere to have any kind of surgery, any sort of medical tourism story from you or your family or your friends, please write in. I would love to hear from you. So you can send all of this stuff to GabbyIsBadWithMoney at gmail.com or leave me a voicemail at 844-474-4040. You can also send me a voice memo if you prefer to GabbyIsBadWithMoney at gmail.com. Those are all my asks. Thank you so much. Now, over at patreon.com slash Gabby Dunn, a very nice patron named Avi wrote in and said, I really want to hear the rest of the Colbert story with a smile. And who am I to deny Avi? You can become a patron at patreon.com slash Gabby Dunn. Maybe over there I will post the full story because I'm just telling you snippets right now. So maybe I'll post the full story on my Patreon if you guys like it. But I'll give you the thrilling conclusion. So this is a story from 11 years ago. So keep that in mind. So 2011, I had a semi-popular blog on which I bragged that I could meet and interview Stephen Colbert. It's a long story, but I had basically talked a big game. um, And Colbert was really, really popular because the Colbert Report had just taken off. So I was operating with sheer delusion. In the first part of the story, which I told in our scams episode, I had crashed a $2,000 plate gala to try and speak to him and I failed. So uh, go and check out that episode for the first part of this. And then here I'll give you my thrilling conclusion. A quick summary of the conclusion, because again, the story was really long. And if you're interested, I'll put them up on Patreon, both segments, um, because it was a complete saga. So an internet friend had reached out to me to say that she had tickets to the Colbert Report, and she told me if I wanted one, I could have it. As we know from the first Scams episode saga segment of this story, I had exhausted all of my other options. And so I went to the Colbert Report and I thought, okay, I'm going to be able to ask him a question during the pre-show Q&A. And I knew that Colbert had one because I had interned for The Daily Show and Jon Stewart had a pre-show Q&A. So I thought Colbert probably had one as well. I thought if I could get called on for one of the five questions out of 150 audience members, then I could tell him about my big quest to meet him. And then I could ask at least one question. And um, then I would have met my goal for my blog, which again, so many people were reading like 25,000 people. And I had made it seem like I would definitely get to talk to Stephen Colbert because why? Audacity, sheer delusion. At the time, there was a policy of putting six months between visits. So I knew if I failed this time around, I wouldn't be able to try again until like October. This was actually Oh, April 28th. So this, as we're recording this episode, this happened exactly 11 years ago. So I was very stressed out. Uh, I barely slept all week. I waited in line. Security was very strict. And uh, I got in and the crowd cheered wildly for Steven, who was handed a microphone. Before he could even start the Q&A, I shot my hand up. (laughs) Um, It was pretty embarrassing because it went up over the whole crowd. And uh, obviously, Stephen called on me first because I looked nuts. And even then, even though I had prepared, I was so nervous that I said, should I stand up? Obviously, you should stand up. So he said, stand up. And then I said, "Uh, hi, my name's Gabby Dunn. Um, I'm working on this project where I'm interviewing people and you're one of the people I have to meet. So um, if I interview you, it fulfills the requirement. Anyway, nice to meet you. I'm Gabby. 
he says, nice to meet you. I'm Steven, which I always find really pleasant when a celebrity does. Sometimes you meet famous people and they don't introduce themselves and I find that very rude. So I like it when even though you obviously know who the person is, they introduce themselves. Then he said, one of your goals was to meet me. And I said, yes, and ask you some questions. And he raised his arm and made a check mark in the air and said, done. Then I asked him a question about, because I know he's very Christian, and I asked him, how much of your success do you attribute to hard work versus the idea of God having a plan for everyone? He said, I am God's plan. And then he said, I believe it's God's plan whenever I win an Emmy and when I'm losing, the devil's winning, which is a very funny joke. Then he said, I don't know. I can't know God's plan. And I said, okay, but when did you know it was all going to work out for you? Because at the time I had this idea that you reached a certain point in your career and you were just safe and secure. And he told me something that I still keep in mind to this day, which is I still don't know if it's all going to work out. This program could get canceled at any minute. I mean, every day I do something. He says, I'm starting a political action committee and Viacom would really rather I didn't, but I'm going to anyway. I always tell people who work here to have their resumes refreshed. I have mine. And I said, thank you. Nice to meet you. And he said, thank you and moved on. The taping was very loose in a way that, again, I said security was super strict. You can hear more about that in the actual blog post, which I guess I will put on Patreon because there's so many moving parts. Also, they told us we weren't allowed to give him anything. And then at one point, a girl told him she wrote a song for him and asked if she could give him a flash drive with the song on it. And he said, sure, and took it. So honestly, he didn't even follow his own rules. Then there was some drama from the coordinators of the show who didn't want me to post about my experience, even though I needed to because everyone that read my blog was waiting for me to interview Stephen Colbert and I had made it seem like I definitely was going to. That delusion led me to succeed because I posted anyway and the blog was extremely popular and it's one of the first things I ever did on the internet and was one of the first things in my career that ever went well. It was the way I got my first ever literary agent. The book, I didn't end up selling any books, <laughs> but it did kick me off a little bit. So sheer delusion, sheer scamming. And that's the thrilling conclusion to my Stephen Colbert story. And um, if I ever meet Stephen again, I'll remind him of it. He probably doesn't remember, but I remember that he was very kind. Anyway, I would love to hear from you. I'll probably put both segments of this story on my Patreon um, for anyone listening. Patreon.com slash Gabby Dunn. If you have any interest in, again, what is a very long saga. Be sure to send me an email at gabbyisbadwithmoney at gmail.com or leave me a voicemail at 844-474-4040. You can also email me a voice memo if you prefer. Join our online communities too. We're on Instagram, Discord, TikTok, Patreon, and Facebook. Links to all of these will be listed in the episode description. Don't forget to listen to the show the day it drops so we can get on the charts and spread the word. Please leave us a five-star Apple review. Go to Apple, leave a five-star review, and then write, um... Stephen Colbert, please talk to Gabby. Thank you. Bye.